In a world where there are just too many jams, Ezra Jordan and Lucas Lennon Heslip are the sole proprietor of the jams to end all jams. As you can see, we, uh, we've stepped up our budget and we've hired a voice actor. A professional voice actor. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we're doing real well. If you Jams. can't tell, <laughs> we only paid for 15 words though, so it had to it had to end quickly there. But, Where's uh, my money, you bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so today we have Ezra Jordan and Lucas Lennon. Uh, Ezra is a up and coming, mega talented superstar from Toronto. Lucas is whatever you know. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas is, is his manager, the, his manager, actually. and the man behind all the magic. <laughs> Um, we came over to Ezra's house this afternoon, and uh, he started playing a couple of ditties on the piano. The talent and level, oh, belting, belting out some songs, and he has just got his voice is just yeah. insane. So, so enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about what it's like being a, an up and coming musician, what it's like man, managing musicians, what this jam is all about. But also, we're going to put a bunch of links uh, in the show notes. You're going to want to hear this guy's stuff. It is good. And you can, because he is performing August 17th at yep. the X. You is betcha. It? That's yes. correct. 7.30 p.m. All right. So we'll put all the all the stuff in there as well. And uh, I guess we should just get into it. And let's get into it. Uh, party on, Robert Davidson. Uh, party on, Trav. <laughs> <laughs> let's go! Unique, unique entrance there. Hey. How's it going, Lucas? I'm good. I'm good. You know, just sitting here. You know, I kind of wish I had my jewel right now, but. Oh my God. Mm. This guy's a big jewel guy. Absolute fiend. I got like the liquid. Um, they sell like this nicotine salt liquid at the vape 29. And what I do is it's way cheaper, but you can fill it up like 30 times. Really? Mm. Yeah. So it's, so it's got no flavor. Oh, apple. Oh, apple. Yeah, okay. Are you sponsored by that nicotine store? Uh, I should be. I love, oh, vape 29. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, big shout out to vape 29 jewel hookup in the city. Yeah. Jewel has started giving out any sponsorships yet. Yeah. Um, jewel. If you, know, you need someone to, uh, well, you guys yeah. do make jewelry. Ooh, Ooh that's damn. right. So let's set the tone here. We're over here. Um, we got Ezra and Lucas, some jewelry, you know, it's nice to, to put jewelry on artists and stuff. Cause they're just swag. And, uh, and they look great when uh, they're, they're by piano. Yeah, ju- so, jewelry yeah. and music go together so well, it's actually insane. Yeah. Um, so we just came over, we did some photo shoots with Ezra, and he showed us some of his uh, skills on the piano. And then we're doing a podcast because we want to talk about what is life actually like. Because you're at the stage in your career now where you're a committed musician unsigned like uh, like before all the stuff where everyone sees the musician and goes oh my god they made it and like their life so like you know you know what i'm saying like you're at that precipice now and i think it's a really real point to talk to a musician about what's that life like like what's your mood like all that so kind of do you want to get into your your story up until this point like what kind of brought you here yeah absolutely well it's nice to be doing this in the comfort of my own home where it all started. I mean, we're, we're sitting in a room with my piano and my organ and my various gear things. I'm total gear nerd. Yeah, by the way, Ezra's also got a super cool home. He 
took us on a little tour of it, and uh, I, I sort of feel like if Shaggy was here from Scooby Doo, and he just kind of leaned <laughs> up against a wall in the wrong way, oh, like yeah. a magic door, I swear secret to God. door would open somewhere. And My <laughs> old house, the master, the house we used to live in, the master bedroom had a bookcase trap door. If you, it was a bookcase that opened up to a door to a secret passageway. My dad took it out and made a closet. He ruined my childhood, no. yeah. man. <laughs> okay, so one of my closest friends, I went to, uh, I didn't go to high school with her, but she was like a, just a, a friend. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Whatever you okay. say. Um, no, in her basement, she had a, you know, a bookshelf and you'd actually open the bookshelf and then these lights would op- like turn on and it was this roundabout brick staircase down? that would go down no. oh that and you'd, you'd go into this room that's literally pitch black you turn on the lights and there's like a couch and like a ping pong table straight drug den oh totally like you okay, could definitely so have cool. like a everything illegal anything anything, anything illegal. There, really. yeah <laughs> sorry we got sidetracked yeah but anyway well, sorry to interrupt growing up in my decidedly normal household after hearing that <laughs> um, i mean i did grow up with musical parents and i, I sort of i got a taste of the business side of the industry a lot growing up because I, I watched my parents navigate their own way through it. They're, um, they've all had their, their record deals and their publishing deals and they now have their own little mini record company with just them two as artists on it. And uh, yeah, so learning about that was really helpful growing up and now I'm, I'm sort of doing it for myself with the help of Lucas, all-star manager. And uh, I realized <laughs> I didn't even know how much knowledge I soaked up until I had to start applying it to my own career. And I was like, you know, I don't know how I would know about this if I hadn't sort of absorbed it as a child because there's a lot of weird pitfalls to navigate, especially at the early stages of your career before you have any kind of assurances, you know? What, at what age did you fully start pursuing it? That uh, like how is long a question with, with many possible answers. I mean, I never, since the, I was born, I always wanted to be a musician, but I yeah. didn't really know in what facet. So I, I always played piano. I started lessons when I was like four. And I thought I was just, I was sort of a shy kid and I, I wanted to be like a behind the scenes, maybe a piano player, producer kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then that was always the plan. And, you know, I was into that. I was making beats on GarageBand and Logic or whatever in high school until I blew my knee out. And I don't think you guys have seen this. I wish no. you could see it, but look Holy at my leg, man. Holy shit. Holy Whoa. shit. Yo, if you guys have ever seen, um, oh, Batman, do you remember when Harvey Dent, uh, his, face? his face gets messed up and you can see the muscles and stuff through the skin. So That is insane Ezra, what we're looking at right now. Ezra blew his knee. I, I saw your interview. It was a water skiing accident, right? Yes. Yeah, water skiing accident up in my cottage when I was 18. They left that out of the view, or sorry, the launch Visually, video. yes. Visually, they left that out. Yeah. So yeah. he's they got just showed, a like, the one mega scar, scar on his leg. Shorts. So, <laughs> so what exactly happened? You were on a wakeboard? I was just water skiing and I uh, tried to jump the wake. I was going really fast. You know, the boat was going about 30 miles an hour. And if you've wakeboarded, you know, if you're or water, water skied, um, if you're cutting back in, you're going faster than the boat. Right. So I was cutting in as fast as I could. And, you know, you got to figure if the boat's going 30 miles, I'm probably going 40, 45. Right. And I just fell. I tried to jump and I, I fell. I lost my balance and I landed on the inside of my knee as the first point of contact when I landed in the water. And it just blew it right out to the side really, really abruptly. Gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. And I tore everything ACL, MCL, PCL, LCL. You almost oh. tore the leg off. Essentially, yeah. We didn't know how bad it was until I got to the hospital near my cottage and they're like, yeah, dude, you're flying back to Toronto. Like, this is bad. Did you get airlifted? I got airlifted. Oh, yeah. Shit. Shout out to the helicopter pilots at Orange because they saved my leg. So, why is the scar Could've so far you. down? Huh? Could have been leg you. there. 
I can, so, no, I'm a, I'm a plane pilot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the reason the scar is so far down is because, uh, I mean, even though the knee was what was messed up, I ruptured my femoral artery and all the nerves tore as well as the ligaments. And because of all of that damage, the swelling, after they repaired the artery, it's, it's your second biggest artery in your body. It's yeah. like I was internally bleeding quite badly. So after they fixed it up, the swelling was so bad that it was pinching off the vein, carrying the blood to the rest of my so you're extremity. Like, yeah. So they opened it up. You can see there's a regular scar on that side. Yeah. And then the really big one on this side. They opened it up to the muscle on both sides. It's called a fasciotomy. And um, yeah, essentially it was open to the muscle for about three months, just lightly wrapped. And they changed the dressing every three days. So I got to see my own muscle. And that was You through, can still see it. Yeah. Through, a, yeah. through a, uh, the scar. A very thin skin graft. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, that was just to relieve the pressure so that the blood could pump freely. And that's why it looks like it does today. But the relevance of that story is that I didn't start to sing ever, never, never sang until that moment. No because kidding. I couldn't sit at the piano for like 18 months for any length of time. My leg had metal sticking out of it. It had to be propped up and stuff. So I, I couldn't, I was right over there and where that couch is now was a hospital bed. And that mm. was my, my existence. existence. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds horrible. I had a similar accident. You had a similar accident. Well, I mean, well, well, <laughs> well, behind a boat, I was wake skating, and I did a very similar thing. I landed and uh, sort of blew out my knee, the PCL and my MCL, mm. but nowhere near to the extent of what you went through in terms of recovery and surgery. And the nerves and the artery make it a lot more tricky. Like, ligaments, it sucks, and it's painful to blow it out, but you know you're going to be... The consequences, like, yeah, you can rehab it. But this, like, we weren't sure if I was going to lose my leg, and I had to do a vein graft from here, so I got... I have, like... 15 or scars or something and I, I couldn't lift my foot either the nerves are damaged I still have no feeling down the front and they had to do another surgery to give me the ability to move it again because it was just hanging you have no feeling in your shin no feeling in my shin no, so you would be the fire. best so like soccer wow. like what what other sport or a scooter or like, you know you get shinnies or something <laughs> what's that or Jiu -jitsu, like kickboxing <laughs> so how does it affect your sporting like do you have full control now I don't uh, I mean I can still I mean I can still dummy you in basketball no um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can still I can run and I can jump but uh, I can't Dunk. You play hockey. I can skate, yeah, not as well. Like I, I don't have any articulation laterally with my foot, so I can move it up and down, not a little bit, but it doesn't go to the side at all, and I don't have oh, any I got balance. You. I got you. Um, I can even do that. So you know, I, I can still play sports, but not with the explosiveness and raw athleticism that I used to. Well, good thing you have <laughs> these talents, as you said. Like you don't need any of that. You can be a musician. <laughs> Hop that leg right off. You don't even need it. Yeah, I mean, people have made music with less, so. Exactly. Like, there's blind musicians, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's deaf musicians. That's crazy. You mm -hmm. can do it without a leg. I saw a piano player with one hand, and he Ooh. had, like, just pretty much a stump on the other, and he was still ripping. Wow. So, I've, wow. Have you seen the guitar player that plays with his feet? Yeah. And he's better than me? <laughs> I know. Are you serious? Yeah, it bugs me. I've never seen that. I haven't seen that guy. Uh, maybe, well, okay, everyone out there, YouTube it, it. There's a foot guitar player. Um, he's and he's good. I'm gonna check it Wait, out. Wait, deaf? You say deaf musicians? There's deaf music, dude. Beethoven. Beethoven. Beethoven what? Was deaf? Beethoven I mean, was deaf. Beethoven was deaf. He wasn't, he wasn't deaf? deaf to start, but he went deaf later in life. But his knowledge of music his theory knowledge. was so good that he could hear the notes in his head without having to play them. Yeah. Okay. That's not as cool. Okay. Well. Um. But anyway, so you started singing. You just in bed there, and you were bored out of your mind. I'm guessing. I just needed a musical outlet because. You know, I, I couldn't sit at the piano and do what I always had done. So I started singing. It was actually Unaware by Alan Stone. I don't know if you guys know that song, but it is a hell of a tune. And it's, it's got this epic modulation at the end. And I was singing it, and it's really high up. And my mom kind of just walked in. She's like, you can, you can do that? And I was like, I don't know, I guess. And I didn't know I had any aptitude for singing, really. And neither did anyone in my family until I did it. 
and then uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, that song is is absolutely killer. I only know your rendition <laughs> from, from the launch. That's yeah, because we watched the reason the I did it. Launch yeah. video. It's an important song Fire. to me. He, Alan actually, a friend of mine contacted him over Twitter and just said how much like my friend has this injury and he's such a big fan, whatever. And he sent me a voice note. He emailed me a voice note. And he's just telling me like keep my chin up, and he sang me a little hymn. No I think way. His dad was a pastor or something. So yeah, he's he's like just a stand up guy. What That's cool, so what cool. cool. You know what? Our our friend Brandon Linz. He uh, I know Brandon. Oh, you know I Brandon? Went to high school with him. Yeah. Okay, huge fan <laughs> of world. Alan Stone, and he'd probably think that's a pretty wicked story. Yeah, I still got it saved. <laughs> and he listens, so he's gonna be hearing this. But uh, the launch. How did you get involved on the show? Are we skipping steps here? Are we, are, we, are we skipping? I don't know. Got brought up. No, like, I so, mean... So you started singing? I started singing, and uh, I, I I really... I had sort of plateaued. Like, I started singing, and I was still at um, university. I was going... After I blew my knee out, I missed a year. Mm. I was going to go to university that year, and then I missed it. But I went to Guelph for music after that. And, I, you know, I wasn't sure how I wanted to approach my music education. I kind of just went there because I figured it was never a waste of time to be doing that i could always transfer credits whatever and after a year i was like going to astronomy class i'm like you know what i don't need to know about this so i dropped out and i went to la and i went to the musicians institute there heavy and that was much more boom, beneficial boom if for no Dripping. other reason i mean it was it was Drip, great I mean, everyone in la it's like the talent level is great sure but it's great in toronto too the difference is like you know my guitar player in toronto fantastic he's like he's played with everyone in canada he's amazing guitar player his name's justin abaddon but He's still playing with me, and uh, you know, I, at the stage of my career where I'm playing like 200 person venues or mm. whatever, the difference—a guy of his talent level, same deal in LA. Like, there's a guy just as talented here as there is there, but he's getting off tour with Katy Perry, or yeah. you know, like they just the the opportunities. Yeah, the, there's as many people in California as there are in Canada. Mm. So, how yeah. how long did you spend at the Musicians Institute? I just did a six month program there, and then I came home, got my citizenship because my dad's actually American, and then I went back for six months. And uh, I had some citizenship issues, and I ended up coming back. And that's when I met Lucas. And he, at the time, (laughs) at the time, I had written a lot of music, but I didn't really have anything out. I had a couple YouTube videos of covers, but that was it. And then Lucas heard me playing at uh, Taroni. He booked some acts for their little uh, acoustic music thing on Wednesdays there in the Adelaide location. I think John Famos played there. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, Lucas booked us as well. Is is this... uh, does this mean we're going to be famous soon as well? Is this is this a trajectory? Can we hop on your management. Yeah, also, you know, we can we can have a discussion about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a sit down later. Yeah, we will <laughs> for another podcast. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he he just we had a mutual friend and he sort of booked me through that and then uh, some real drunk lady gave me a twenty dollar bill to play my original again. Really? Which was like, what I was just original song. It. It's called Sick. It's uh, it's in the works right now. We're planning to have it out sometime in the fall. Um, but I play it live, so if you come see my show on the 17th of August or any of my other shows, you'll you'll hear it then. Uh, and he thought it was great, so he signed me, and the rest is, is okay. History, I suppose. Yeah, you gotta keep him keep him humble. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. You yeah, you're all right. Yeah, maybe uh, I'll sign you if I've you're lucky. Better. Don't let your head yeah. get too big, son. Get better. So, so you weren't managing uh, any artists before this. I was, but it wasn't really managing. It was, it was very much just kind of booking them shows. Mm-hmm. I was managing a duo um, who were very talented, um, but very distracted. Sounds familiar. Hey, Rob? <laughs> I think I know someone. <laughs> you think, yeah, I think I know two people like that. Anyway. Anyway, um, so it was more like they were still f- also figuring out their own sound. So it was just kind of booking them shows. 
And then when I met Ezra, it was kind of like, oh no, this is like, this is managing. Like, this is what I need to do. Well, I think there's a big difference between Ezra and say like us two. Like this is like, there's a talent level here. Like you can just like you, the way you were playing the piano back there, like was blowing my mind. Whereas there's a, there's a big difference between that and some guys that can take a good talent level and create like a unique sound. That's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain the comparison. Like, yeah, it's, it's different in many ways. It's like kind of raw, you know, sit down, put you in front of a piano and your voice and everything. You'd shine much brighter than as opposed to us in that sort of same environment. There's got to be an analogy. I, I don't know what I don't know what it would be. Um, you guys are good. I don't know what you're talking about. But we're, but like the talent level, I'm saying I, I technically cannot, No one, none of us can do technically what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like like that stuff on the piano, like what we do is we take, uh, we take our, we, we, we maximize what we, we have. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have a knack for creating melodies. Like catchy, we know what catchy sounds stuff. good. We know what sounds right. good. And Simple sounds good um, versus complex sounds good or or like the just like that knowledge base well, you know I, think, what I, mean? I think what's so cool about the music industry is like it doesn't like look at bob dylan like not oh, really yeah. a singer but he was iconic he could write good music he could, yeah, yeah. He, could, he could write good music right not a great singer not a good guitar player but you don't even realize sometimes his own voice gets in the way of his songs like there's a song uh called mama you've been on my mind is one of his lesser known songs and uh, a buddy of mine jp Sachs, does a version of it that i kind of i stole his version i sing it too but he changed the chords ever so slightly but you put that song in front of like a with a nicer instrumental performance and someone who can sing and suddenly you realize the beauty of the song and mm -hmm. that's that was bob dylan's thing because he's such an amazing writer but his songs were popular despite his voice not because of it right which is why the, which is why we do believe we can be musicians as well even though technically i don't even know the notes on the guitar you know what i mean i play guitar but you know what i'm saying like yeah, it's just totally, a different totally. level of bb king doesn't play chords and he's still bb king you know yeah. like it's it's not really about that it's just it, it all starts with if you have good taste in music yes. that's the start and you guys definitely do so and and from there you just build your sound and you you work at it and it doesn't you don't it's not a linear thing you know it's mm. art so yeah. however you make it it's not good or bad it's just yours well, and it's a bonus if you got the tools totally. it's a bonus absolute so bonus i actually uh my my one of my closest friends he was actually in new york for school he's at bard we got together i think a couple couple nights ago just like catching up because he was in the, in town and we were listening to music and i was like playing what i've been listening to and what he was listening to and there's not one song that i knew that he was showing me yeah. it was like very niche markets but like i think that's what's so cool about music is that you could put whatever you want up but there's going to be a market somewhere mm -hmm. it could be a hundred people it could be a hundred thousand people it could be a hundred million people but at the end of the day like it's going to connect with people and that's the whole you know the whole point of music is connecting with you know people that's why we love it people people, people. so and, you sorry oh, i was just gonna say and did you want to get are, are you trying to get involved in the music management world? Is this yeah? Kind of no, this is yours? this is uh, yeah full time. This is your jam. Seven. This yeah. is your jam. Nine a.m. to five a.m. This is what you do full time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this is it, managing me is a, a full time job because I don't do anything. I <laughs> I'm just like a disorganized. You're like mess. a robot. He just like places you like. Play, just play piano here and you just like fire up and you're like yeah I'm playing some music yeah. and then you like shut down and he <laughs> moved yeah. me to the next band. you know what like it's he's actually very laid back so it makes my job there's a lot of um, artists that have big egos or be like oh I won't do that or I won't do this but really all I just need to do is send him a to-do list every day of what he needs and to do I and do, he, I do some of it 
I yeah. do do some. <laughs> so the next day, it's like the same to do list with like just <laughs> minus two things. <laughs> What's on this to do list? What are like some of the items that you? Um, so it really depends. Um, so for today, for example, he has a friend who works with Facebook um, promotion, like marketing. Um, so we want to organize a meeting with her. So I was like, you know, message her so we can try and or set something yeah. up like that. Yeah, no, I, it makes sense. Um, yeah, it's usually just reaching out to people or yeah, it's like today we have stuff. a social yeah. media calendar <laughs> Dude, a big one. because, you know, we we got access through the launch to this uh, program by Rick Barker. He's Taylor Swift's former manager and he talks about social media management as it pertains to the music industry. And we're trying to follow along with what he teaches. And a lot of that is about the frequency of posting and, the, and just having content and reaching out to your fans that way. And I'm not the biggest Instagram guy. I'm not a mirror selfie kind of guy, but Terrible you gotta have guy. content out there if you want to keep people's interest. And so Lucas will remind me every two days. Was there something on the list today being like wrist and rye, shoot, two yeah. o'clock. No, totally. Be there, be ready. Exactly. Yeah, I was with them since the morning. So I was like, you know, <clears> like, been, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. And you love it. Like you love this jam? Yeah. Well, I think for me, it, I'm not talented at all, like music wise. No, you got none um, of the... I mean, I played drums when I was younger. I actually claimed to fame. I sold out the Alma Combo with my 12-year-old band. The really? Suicidal Bunnies. Yep. <laughs> we had, the um, Suicidal Buddies. Yeah, 12-year-olds. Mm -hmm. That was your band name. That was our band name. Wait, wow. the Alma Combo. Why does that sound so familiar? It is an iconic. It's like, you know, in on Spadina, like the, um, the, the palm tree light? Yeah. Kinda. It's just north of... Uh, college. I, I have think it's memories there. South, South, South of college. I have Joker memories there, and I just can't piece them together. Yeah, if you saw it, like it's so many people. Have it's a famous venue. It's famous. It's been around for yeah. decades. Jimi Hendrix. My like, dad used to play it back Costello. in the day. It was, yeah. You yeah. sold it still that around? Out. It was gonna go under for a minute, and someone stepped in and bought it. So they it bought it. They're renovating it and making like a a bunch of improvements. Okay, which is yeah, really I was cool. reading about that recently. That's how I. It's gonna be up soon. I think actually, it's just it's also just got a great name, the Elma Combo. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's in my brain, tongue. and I have an awful memory, which means it's doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> um, but to, yeah, so you're yeah, saying. you know, three three originals and then one cover smells like Teen Spirit Nirvana. Ooh. Nice. Um, we were also actually named one of the best shows of the year according to iWeekly that year. So you so have some was, of the sauce. I had a little bit of sauce. And then uh, it was mainly our lead vocalist and guitarist. And then he moved to LA and he was actually making music. His name's Catalina. He's like a duo with someone. Cool. Anyway, um, after that, I was kind of like, I put it away. The drums we were moving and we didn't really have enough space for the drum set to, or like, it's, it's such a huge piece of equipment mm. right so i kind of retired for a little bit and then i wanted to get into film took a year off traveled went to ryerson for a semester great school what i was taking was not for me dropped out had no idea what i wanted to do wanted to be a dj i was a huge fan of kygo so i you know bought logic got a midi keyboard sat down and realized i don't even know piano yeah <laughs> so i was like okay i gotta teach myself piano so i downloaded this app to teach me Four weeks in, I'm like, okay, this is like not working. I can't sing. I can't play guitar. I can't do any of that, right? So I was like, you know what? Let's figure another way. And I love, love the entertainment industry, uh, specifically the, the music one. Um, so I was like, what can I do that's you know, doesn't involve me making the music? Right. So management came up. And it kind of, I was, I was very fortunate. It was right around North by Northeast. And I have two unbelievable, like, um, 
idols, people I look up to. Garth Richardson, who's a producer, and Jeff Rogers, who's a manager. Um, who've been Who you in know the, personally? That I, yeah, they're like mm. they're like uncles to me. I've known them since I was born, and I kind of sat down with them and was like, "Hey, I'm kind of interested in this." And they actually gave me like an all access pass to go through like go to like North by Northeast, which was like crazy. So we, I kind of just followed them. You know, I was shadowing them for a couple like the whole week, and I just fell in love. I was like, "This is so cool." It's like we're part of the music industry without like making music and everyone has like some part of they're doing something it's to a like machine try and, yeah, yeah exactly to, to propel a per, like an artist's career or trying to make the music career or the music industry better there's so many moving parts yes it's crazy and, it and you just have to and you don't really, realize yeah. until like you have so one of those moments them. yeah so, and do you have other artists on your roster yeah as i have well? a couple um yeah. as probably the largest one out of them all everyone else is still developing how yeah. how many do you think you can handle? Like, what's your threshold? Or would you On hire own, other people? I think I'd hire other people, um, especially like when you're developing an artist. It it's a lot of hours and commitment, like a time commitment, um, with no income. So yeah. you're really just investing hours and, and praying and praying and hoping that it's gonna you know turn out. But that's everything. That's even being a musician. That's being an, a painter. But, like, but even like I'm saying, like you work at a bank and you let's say you want to you work in, you want to work at a bank mm-hmm. and like slowly work your way yeah, up pay you're getting learn. paid yeah you're getting paid right this i'm not getting paid a single dollar unless yeah, lucas is money. making a commission off of zero right now so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pro know, bono pro yeah, bono. he makes a hundred bucks i make a little percentage of that he'll give you toss you like a 50 cent piece yeah, yeah. it's a guy here's a nickel, here's a nickel you for drink. your troubles yeah no i no, i totally get it but that's that is a creative world that's even the entrepreneurial yeah. world a lot of the time but at least like with entre- just the music world in general it's, everyone's yeah. making pennies these days it's, but anything if you're rough. if you're Except a painter if you're even uh yeah you know what actually no not acting as an amateur actor you can get paid no it's true like i did yeah, a, com- I did a commercial paid thing, well right? yeah yeah no non-union that too but but it's it, the non-union is because of the union but right there is like a still a an established thing i mean you can be that's more i feel like the low-end acting jobs are more akin to like session work as a guitarist or something because mm-hmm. like you know you it doesn't matter if you're the best guitarist in the city or or just a, a guy trying to make it. If you have the chops to be it, working at a studio, you can get paid. Studio, yeah. It's like two hundred dollars a session. That, that's or whatever. very so good. That's, but if you want to be money. the star, you're probably going to be in a lot of short films where you get paid nothing. And exactly, yep. that makes yeah. sense. Okay, so you you got the artist. So let's let's bring it back up to uh, you. You sign him. Mm-hmm. What did life look like from then on for both of you? Um. A lot of time spent in Lucas's living room plotting out how are we going to get my music out there? How are we going to get it produced? Yeah. How are we going to pay for it to get promoted? Where is this money coming from? He actually what got are... me a job at Taroni, busing, <laughs> like Italian restaurant, bussing tables so that I could pay for my music to be made. And he found my producer, Sam Willows, who's produced, co-produced with me, but uh, been the main producer on the four singles that I have out at the moment. And, uh, and then from then, after we had the music actually made... He's the guy who found the distribution company, got the music out to Spotify, Apple Music, everything. I'm probably like, right so good. I'm not that good at all. But right? That's a lot of work. That is like, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's and it's the kind of thing I I would never have done it. I just that's I just wouldn't have done it. When I was listening to you talk about your sort of journey from the suicidal bunnies to <laughs> wanting to be a DJ or whatever, fame. like I don't have I didn't ever try a bunch of stuff. It was just music for me so that's what makes also a good, a good thing though for what you do yeah, yeah there, there's nothing, thank it's god not it's, the one, music. it's not one that one way is better than the other but they definitely have their impact on 
you as a person. And for me, I make music and that's what I do. And it's a hard thing for to make myself. I don't have the discipline to make myself do the all the other hundred jobs that are required of an independent artist when you're starting out. And that's that's what when you get a deal and you have a label, they have a promotions guide, they have a manager, they have a. But you have to figure that out for yourself as an artist, and that's Lucas took that burden off of me because he does all the the legwork, the figuring out the where how to find this person to do this job, emailing people, calling people, whatever, and and I don't have to think about it, and that's. But I even think really like helpful. that's like that's what a manager is supposed to do. Of like, course it is. But I think well, when we first met, at, uh, we were at Boxcar Social. I don't know if you guys have been there. It's a really the coffee dope, shop. Yeah, yeah. The coffee shop. We sat down and I was like, "Look, man, like basically my job is to make sure that all you have to worry about is just making the music. I will do everything else." Because at the it's end of the day, yeah, no. Because yep. at the end of the day, it's like that's what I want him to be focusing on is making music and being productive. And then I'll just do all the, you know, the rest of this stuff. That it way he's really, not, it's not like an additional stress for him. Yeah, It just stuff, makes me think of Ron Swanson. Never half-ass two things. Whole-ass one thing. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Dude, we're like one-tenth assing. Like so many things <laughs> right now. You guys have both got great asses. So I <laughs> We got so you know, many yeah. side dishes right now going on, man. That's, but that's what this podcast is about. We're narrowing it down. We've, I've got it down to a core group of creative things that are all complementary, like the jewelry, yeah. the podcast, the music, the acting. That's our core right now. We're struggling with uh, the money side as well, though, right? So those are all, like you said, uh, yeah. not just not earning enough for us to be able to feel that commercial success that someone working in a bank gets to feel every day. So yeah. we struggle a lot with that. Like how, how, like how do you feel about stuff like that? The money side and when, you know, when people are like, let's go vacation or let's go buy this thing. And like, you don't have that kind of like typical traditional societal feeling of success. You know what I mean? But uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, but also just adding to that point is like me personally, I enjoy that freedom of schedule and oh, flexibility yeah. i don't hate 100%. that at all it's just it's literally society does have a lot of pressure whether it's from your parents or the people around you like a lot of my friends are making good money buying condos their mm -hmm. life is looking very different than me and it i am committed to this path 100 percent, as are you but i do struggle with that daily like I, the once a day i get sick to my stomach I'm like, oh, ugh, like, what am I doing? Holy shit. And then I have this like collapse and then I pick myself up and I go about my day. I wake up some it's, days like that it, too. No, it's normal. It's, I probably have one of those days at least once a week where it's like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? That's, that's the journey. I know the one thing that gives me comfort is hearing, I mean, we, we, we have a nice house. My family has a nice house in Rosedale now. We have enough money, enough food to eat. We're not, not struggling for money. Yeah. And, uh, but listening to my parents tell me about their early career. I mean, my dad tells me this story. He used to live just close to here, but it was not a nice area in the 70s, really. It was kind of was a it rough area. Uh, just North Yorkville. Like Yorkville Hill. was like apparently like a heroin den oh, yeah, in the like, 70s. I mentioning that. Yeah. Hippies, <laughs> Probably slums, clubs. Yeah, it was, it was nicer, very different. Just nicer not, heroin. Not bougie like it is now. But he used to live on Walker Avenue there, and he had no money, and he'd go to the butcher every few days to get some meat. Uh, to eat and he would just you know get the kidneys the liver whatever the cheapest cuts mm -hmm. and eventually the butcher's like mark you see you coming in here a couple times a week if you keep feeding your dog this food he's gonna die <laughs> and he's like no that's for me Holy <laughs> like God. he had no money but it worked out for him and and the thing that he had through it all was the 
he he always says he's never worked a day in his life because my friends I'm in a similar situation to you they're they're starting to move up in their careers a little bit and they're making more money they're buying cars buying condos they have money to go out to fancy dinners whatever mm. and I, I don't but that's not really what it's about I don't have to go to work every morning and do something I which is a don't different type of wealth yes. but it's yeah. hard to to feel good about it totally well yeah. I think what's what's cool about the the situation Ezra's in is you know yeah he's not completely different than you know guy who's working a bank or doing whatever but there are times where he's gonna have to go to la or he's gonna have to go to new york which is like oh no new york like, yeah 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 like it's he there's there's a lot of trips that are not involved. only is it a trip but it's it's not like a trip to i mean there's you might i have some friends that work in like a, a cryptocurrency company and they're they're traveling around but they're like in meetings talking with like they important people anything. from china yeah. and they're they're like in a boardroom all day. Like, good for you. I mean, yeah. you're in New York, but what does it matter? It's, the room looks the same there as it does here. I go to LA and I'm like in a s- studio or in Malibu. You know, I, yeah, I was in. I was in the last time I went. I was writing with these guys uh, called After Hours, and they, they have like a after castle hours. in Malibu. Yeah, in a canyon hours? in Malibu. After hours. like the Spotify guys, I see all the time. It's like AF, like like a lot of musicians do stuff with them, and it's always like the after hours mix or like probably the after yeah, hours. probably them. They work, they with, work with like One Direction. Yeah, oh yeah, um, Dude, I think okay, I might be totally farming this. Maroon Five, but I think even Loud Luxury did some after hours stuff. I remember really? one of their Should tracks. We look up? We'll look it up Maybe. not right now, but uh, sorry, yeah, sorry to cut you off. No worries. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's it's a it's a different kind of like you said it best yourself. It's a different kind of wealth. Um, when you get to do something you love and you get to not even just that you love it but isn't it satisfying when you're building something that's your own the brand from the ground up I mean this jewelry like no one else has this jewelry it's yours you made it and um, I won't take all the credit the part my partners I had partners Uh, they actually started the company I took I only joined like six months in but I get get what you're saying I get what you're saying it's it's yours though like you're a part of creating it now so um, absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, get, you get to take pride in ownership, essentially. Yes. I think it's very satisfying. Um, I Actually, his most recent single, 10 Miles a Minute, it came out. Um, and, you know, you have your friends, you know, supporting you, posting it on social media or whatever, and, like, that's great. But you don't realize when something... We were I was at a party, and 10 Miles a Minute played. And I'm not even joking. There was, like, I think... 10, 15 girls belting out the song no and way. dancing. And it was one of those moments where, I mean, I've heard this the song thousands and thousands of times because, you know, we once it's done, we listen to it for like two months before we release it and then, you know, when you oh, release yeah. it. So we hear it. I've heard like the demo, the master one, master two, et cetera, et cetera. And it was one, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I've heard this song way too many times. But it was like also like, wow, like, this is act, like people like this like this is really good like I'm you get to see it out awesome. in the world very, yeah. affecting the people that it's actually was written for so yeah it's, it's very satisfying and, yeah, it's and that's you to be very critical of your own work once you're working on a song or something for so long right and you're listening back to it all the yeah. time and it you almost you get sick of it to the point where you don't even think it's good or like you're, you, you sort of write it off in yeah, some way. No, you totally. are preaching to the choir. And it's my good man. to have, choir over there. It's it's good to have the as uh, we're literally squirming in a seat right now. He's like, oh, he's he can feel that. I've been going through a slump of a few months now where I everything I write, it's like you 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 work on something, you listen to it after you sit down for a few hours and you work on it's like, wow, this is really good. Good job, me. And then you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning, you listen to it and you. 
That happens Puke all in the your time. Mouth. It's like, why does that happen? Ha- why it, you, you think you're the greatest songwriter in the world? You give it twelve hours, you come back and like, wow, I should quit. Yo, like, it's not just us. I dude. Totally agree. Every song we write, we're in the basement. We're, we'll stay up till six a.m. We're like, this is the best. We're like, Rob, we're gonna be fucking famous. Like, this is the best. Song. We're freaking Fremis. out. We're freaking out. Like. I, I literally get that exact feeling. We sleep on it. I listen to it in the morning. I'm like, this needs a hundred hours of work. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like wow. what were you well, thinking I, yeah. last night? So it must be that must be a really great feeling of what Lucas is talking about having the having it uh, acknowledged, validated, yeah, validated. You know, by uh, by groups of people once it, you release a single. It is. I mean, it, it's so easy, especially once you spend all those hours doing mix notes and you know all the all the steps to just improve it by one percent, improve it by two percent. You know, it's never finished in my mind. I still have hear things about it that bug me, and that's all I can hear at this point. But then when you, it's it's not written for me. It's written for other Whoever. people to listen to and enjoy, right. and they don't hear it with the same set of ears I do because I heard every single step of it. And seeing their reaction to it means that I did something right. And it's only going to get worse, by the way. Um, the, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the bigger your songs get, the trajectory for for hit songs. Is like so. I was talking again with Loud Luxury. I was talking with um, one of the guys in the band the other day. I was getting them some jewelry before nice. the weekend, and uh, I was asking because "Body" is a song Ezra by Loud Luxury. Luxury. Do you guys Cole? know them? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's just recently like topping some charts. Yeah, it's been in like the top ten for like the last two or three months. But they launched that song. I want to say like. A year ago, like so long. Do you remember they messaged us? Yeah, they're like, "Hey guys, um, <laughs> do you guys mind sharing our song?" Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah just like, like post it on your story. Post or something. on your story, like just asking their friends, and now they're like, "Body on my," like it's every fucking <laughs> where. So I asked them. I said, like, I'm like, you played that song maybe a million times. I mean, they play it two or three times a show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like like all over, and they tour and they play it. I'm like, are you sick of it? And he's like, no. He's like, I've never gotten sick of it once. He's like, really? Yes. I was like, are you? Wow. She's like, some some artists do, but he's like, I never get sick of it because I I see what exactly what you. See. Everyone is vibing. Well, to yeah, it. I think see that's I, and yeah. I'm sure, and I'm sure there's some nights too where you know where songs uh you're you're more sick of songs than other times and then. I think depending on sort of the scene and like the crowd, the vibe of the people and everything on certain shows, you can uh, you can like a song a lot more, get a lot more energy. That's yeah. absolutely from it personally, right. Right, and I, I noticed that at my own shows. There's sometimes I I I'll run through. I'll be rehearsing with my band, playing, having a few rehearsals before an upcoming show, and I'll be playing these songs that we've played a bunch of times, and I'm just like, man, I cannot play this again. <laughs> I can't stand this song. And then then as soon as I play the first verse and I look at the crowd and they're vibing. It's like, you know what? There's something to Full the song that was... Send. Yeah. Full, Full send. Full send. <laughs> Tarps off. Tar- Let's go. Tarps <laughs> off tar- for the He starts boys. undressing on stage. <laughs> yeah. So going back to um, going back to your path to where you are now, mm-hmm. you started. You guys started working together and yeah. you were plotting out how you're going to kind of reach audiences with the music that you're releasing coming up with the money and everything. Mm-hmm. What... Big milestones, maybe there are big milestones. Um, Yeah, well, so I, I don't know if you actually know this. I keep a an Ezra timeline. Nice. So from the day we've, from the day we've met, day he was born, like all the the day he was born, yeah, and that's all like you know. (laughs) Is this something you do with all your artists? Yeah, it's like the day we met, and then like just what has happened, right? So it's like you know his first show, all his shows that he's played, when he hit like a million streams, um, when he was featured on a blog, when he was put on a playlist kind of all that to kind of see um progression yeah and for for me someone who like i 
doubt myself every single day, probably being like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm Healthy. just like, I'm literally going in, not knowing what I'm doing, but you know, I'm just, you know, fuck it. Like just do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, I feel like that's how you fire yourself up as yeah. well. When you're at home, you're like, get out of bed, yeah. do it in a mirror. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> He's got that Shia LaBeouf video saved on his bookmarks. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. That's actually my alarm clock. It's just... <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It gets you fired up. Anyway, <laughs> so like I think a couple, couple weeks ago, I was kind of like being like, oh man, what am I doing? Like this is, I don't know, like I'm not making any money. I'm not, I don't see any like progression. I saw the timeline and it was like, holy, like shit, we've actually done like a decent amount, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of... It's cool. It's kind of the the same as like the the validation of seeing people playing his music. Yeah, it's like we're not you know just sitting around sticking our thumbs up our asses. We're actually maybe you're not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> big, I'll speak for myself. Big thumb ass guy. It's easy to forget the milestones that you yeah. hit. That's with everything. Right? I think every create every entrepreneur every creative person does the same thing. Like we struggled hard last summer. I sent it for like six months. I didn't think I had like accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and you're like, fuck, there's a whole brand here. There's, we had X number of we had celebrities, like X number of exactly. sales, yeah. customers, hundreds of customers. I'm like, what? I'm, a, I'm like, I'm out of my mind. Yeah. It's like also even like sending invoices. Like I never sent an invoice before and now it's like, oh, nothing. It's even like releasing his first song. I was like stressing out. I'm like, fuck, I hope I do this right. Like if it doesn't, he's screwed. I'm screwed. Like. And now a release is like the easiest part of like, getting a song out. You're clicking a button. Yeah, it's launch. like, okay, here you go. Let's do it. I don't even like It's easy look. to, I mean, you can always look at your, it's easy to get caught comparing yourself as well. Like, I mean, there's, everyone knows how to buy a, buy jewelry. Everyone knows how to buy a song, go, go find music. But like when it comes to actually making it, it's easy to compare yourself. I mean, I'm not, I'm not John Mayer right now. I'm not, right. I, I don't have that, that level of fame or success in my career i haven't gotten to those milestones yet but then you you look at where a lot of other people who call themselves musicians or are musicians that are just starting out and i'm i'm a little bit beyond where i started and uh yeah you just you realize you have accomplished something when you look back on it i was we were in a meeting this morning and we were comparing uh my my streaming numbers who i I never thought much about my numbers like oh good people are listening but it's it's whatever they're just numbers but then I, i looked at some people that had record deals and I've, I've played with them before and I know they're, they're on major labels and their numbers aren't that good. And it's like, wow, we just, the two of us have been managed to accomplish something that yeah. apparently an entire record label isn't doing that good a job of. So. That's really cool guys. Yeah. So, well, so two things actually to add to what he was saying is the first is I actually have this uh, piece of vinyl um, right above my desk and it's what's, there's like a stencil in it. And what it says is small steps every day. Cause I'm sure we all have those days where you just, you just feel like shit. You don't want to do anything. You're just like, oh man, like I don't want to do. When I see that, it's like, you know what? Just send one email, you know, just do one thing that would propel Ezra's career forward. Mm. Whether it's an email, whether it's, you know, finishing up a, um, like his bio or sent like posting an Instagram or whatever. It's making sure that there's just something every day that is being done. That's somehow propelling his career. That's so I think, cool. And I, I, think I really want to see this timeline as well. I think that I think it's, it's. I can actually show you later. Yeah, is this um, on your computer? Or is this yeah, like a I need. A, I, I need to up. No, it's on my computer. I need it's to written in his own blood. Yeah. Well, it's just it's exactly what you need to do. If you, I know you guys aren't familiar with our previous episodes, but we actually touched on everything you just said. In I was just episodes. thinking that in my head. This is stuff that we talk about. No way. Because we're trying to. Not only are we trying to figure out our lives, we're trying to figure out the right ways to do stuff and. 
here's like another thing actually and it's funny how you're saying like you compare yourself to like john mayer and stuff like that i think it's actually really important to do that absolutely it's even a great like, exercise even in, in, in mm-hmm. like in fashion and all that stuff because it's like at the end of the day you're in the same pool as them you're yeah. in the same pond right you know yeah sure they're a bigger fish but you know you gotta it for music, for example, if you're on a playlist, someone sees John Mayer and someone sees Ezra Jordan, you want them to click Ezra Jordan. Why? You got to figure that out, mm-hmm. right? You got to. You're, you're competing you're in this, for those streams. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You are competing against every single artist that's on that playlist or on your library, and you have to find a way to get people to consistency. Consistency. Con, oh my God, I can't even speak. Consistently speak. And that's a stream. Big, Listen, <laughs> that, that, that's a big thing for artists these days too, right? Is getting onto these playlists, like on Spotify yeah. and everything. Well, it gets the name out, right? Like, yeah. I think um, it all, it, when it gets the streams up and it gets like your music listened, you know, everywhere. Um, but we were fortunate enough actually that his 10 Miles a Minute was put on Hot Hits Canada. Nice. On Spotify, that's which big. is. Yeah, it's wild one to of, see me yeah. on a playlist with the other people that are on the it's like next to rihanna yeah you know, it's yeah like, rihanna it's like later <laughs> loud by or, or yeah loud luxury bodies on there john mayer's on there katie perry or whatever's on there and then as with jordan it's like am i really in the same stratosphere as these people and the thing is you are and you aren't i mean no i'm not selling out arenas right now but the fact that they're putting me on the same playlist means that you're on the right trajectory yeah so. well i think that's it's like take in so it's there's right now there's five hundred and thirteen thousand followers on hot hits canada Okay, it's one of, if not the best Spotify plays you can get on. And I think there's 20, 20 songs, 25 songs. Sorry, 500,000? 500,000 followers. Yeah, okay. Right, so there's, you know, 10 Miles a Minute, Imagine Dragons, uh, Chance the Rapper, right? Yeah. Uh, Tory Lanez, so many big names, David Guetta, Billie Eilish, uh, Shawn Mendes. And to wow, a guy cruising Zed. that, like, if I'm cruising that playlist and I see Ezra Jordan, to me, you're on that plane. Because I'm like, oh, this is just another Sean Mendez, or this is another like you, you're on mm-hmm. the same list as them. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, really cool. It really and, makes you feel a little more legit. Well, and, and people are so passive. People are so passive in their listening these days, right? They're, I mean, everything's based upon signal singles, yeah. but also, I, I, like, not many people are really looking into the background of artists and stuff. They're just kind of throwing it on. They want music. They want hits. If they like it, they save it. If they yeah. like it, you're in their they, world they now. Talk, yeah, right. Yeah, and they're, it's, they're not looking what's going on behind the scenes. No, either. If you if your if your song's in front of their face, they listen to it. They like it or they don't. That's as far as the thought yeah. process has to go. And that's all you want. It just you know get ears listening to your music. N- not to uh, speed things up because this is actually great. Um, but I do want to actually get to the launch because I thought that's yeah. super cool as well. Uh, and we're we're approaching the hour yeah. mark here. Yeah. Um. I do want to talk about like uh, how how that even happened for you and and what was that like being on TV and like like all that stuff. It was a whirlwind for sure. Um, I just kind of got scouted out by one of the, uh, I think it was Fraser McLaren was one of the A&R that's, guys. That's a hockey player. You mean Fraser Hill? Oh yeah, Fraser McLaren's a <laughs> Oh, he's puncher. a fighter, isn't he? Yeah. A fighter? Yeah. Yeah. Former Lee. Former Lee. Doi. Fraser Hill is uh, one of the A&R guys. He's been in the industry forever, but he was one of the guys charged with finding talent for the launch. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sought me out and just said, hey, submit a little video, talk about yourself and, and some some music. And we'll get you in here to see if you have what we're looking for. And luckily I did. So I got in there and it was a, my episode was actually, despite being the fourth episode to air, it was the first one to be shot. So really? it was, uh, everyone was kind of new to it. They were figuring things out as well. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were flying the, by the seat of their pants a little bit. 
And uh, I mean, there's so many moving parts in a TV show like that. They built an entire recording studio from and scratch. Built an entire live stage just for the show, like just the. And it was a like a state of the art, the nicest recording studio you could be in. And on top of that, it had to be big enough and beautiful enough to be on TV because it doesn't matter if your recording studio looks like shit. If it sounds good, whatever. But this one had to look good too. And uh, mm-hmm. the yeah. launch is like the equivalent of American Idol for Canada. Or similar, yeah. Similar. I mean, it's, it's that concept, kind though. of show. It's a, it's a different concept slightly, but what, what essentially is the concept it is, of it? How does it work? So this was one of the things. It was a different concept, and one of the things that a lot of people didn't quite get from the uh, the start. But essentially, what they do each episode is a different group of artists and a different uh, couple of mentors from the music industry. Mm-hmm. So for Five my episode, they had Stefan Macchio, uh, who's written for Celine Dion, Josh Groban, Miley Cyrus. He's big. The Weekend. Big guy, the weekend, um, and then also Fergie from Black Eyed Peas, and then Scott Borchetta, the creator. Mm. Those three come in as judges for the show, and uh, Stefan brings in a hit song that they've written specifically for the show, and they're trying to find the right artist to record it. So they've narrowed it down from everyone uh, that applied for the show and whatever to the five artists that get to be on that episode. We each play our songs in front of the judges like that we've prepared um, for auditions. So I did an original and a couple covers. And they narrow it down from five until two. And then it was me and Posey in, in this case. Uh, and then we both record our own version of the song that night. We learn it. That's we, crazy. we learn it that night. And then we come back in the morning and we just record. And um, so we had like no time to learn it pretty well. It was almost immediate. And from there, yeah, they just pick the best version and they launch it right at the end of the, sh- end of the show. So they're essentially looking for the talent, the right artist for a hit song that's been written by proven that position. makes so much more sense now because when I was watching your video on YouTube um, when you auditioned for it and they were talking about do you think you have it for the song or whatever like I wasn't really I'm like putting the pieces together so um, did you work with Fergie I did yeah she touched my face no I way this face again. super jealous yeah That's she um, she was there so like there's out of the two mentors Stefan was the producer and he was more there uh, for the recording side of things like trying to get nail the right arrangement and production for each artist's version of the song and then Fergie was there more as a performance coach everyone knows that Fergie's like got an amazing stage presence and she's total diva babe whatever so and is she that technically advanced like in terms of her singing she's an amazing singer as well she uh she is a really good dancer and like commanding a stage with nothing in front of you but a microphone is a skill on its own a skill that i have yet to master i usually sing from behind the piano or behind the keyboard so i was not comfortable being on stage they made a comment about myself. that yeah i remember so, like are you gonna be able to get up there yeah. <laughs> like, what was i gonna tell him like uh, no it. i'm actually gonna shit my pants <laughs> no it was, it, was, it was scary but she taught me a, a few things and you'd probably be famous if you did shit yeah. your pants <laughs> yeah maybe Ezra not for the right poopy reasons pants, but. jordan poopy pants <laughs> Come on, <laughs> bro! You're my manager. You're supposed to be in charge of my brand. Hey, dog. All, all, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pooplicity. Um, Poop pooplicity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Fergie Fergie was there to to teach me how to command the stage, basically, because one uh, at the end of the process, it's me and Posey each singing our version of the song in front of a live studio audience on stage, and uh, I wasn't playing piano. I was just with a microphone and. That was a big learning experience, but I I did as best I could, and it went. I they picked Posey for the to be launched, and that makes more sense because it's more her style of music. But it was a great learning experience, and just a lot of good exposure and great exposure. It lends a lot of credence to my brand because I have that little Instagram checkmark now, and people 
that you've been on a nationally televised show. Suddenly you're able to command a little more money per performance and mm-hmm. I got, you know, more opportunities in LA because it's like, oh, he's that guy from the launch, mm-hmm. not he's that guy from his Which parents' Which reminds me, you should room. text uh, Stefan for LA. <laughs> yes, I should. Go. <laughs> well, guys, that was so cool. That was actually a really awesome chat. Yeah, that was amazing. That was yeah, great. thanks for having us. A lot, of, having us. a lot of parallels between what we're doing right now too. It's on. Everyone's on the same path. That's like a, it's it's so similar. We're all in the same boat. You know, just figuring out our things and doing it one day at a time. Whether it's jewelry, whether it's music, whether it's managing, it seems there's there's a, what we've noticed with everyone we've talked to are there's core parallels, feelings and stuff that really line up. And it's nice to know that like there's people. Yeah. you're in a community. No, totally. And, and it's not so crazy. One of the best things you can do as someone that's in the in that first third of your career or whatever you want to call it uh, is pair up with as many people that are also in that phase of their career because people pull each other up you know uh, my producer that I work with he see now charges his his rate is now five times what it was when we started but because you know as he grows my music grows because I make it with him now that I'm on this podcast with you guys and working with you in different facets it's you know once one of us gets an opportunity we bring each other with you bring true. everyone with you Very so true. it's like great that. to to build mm-hmm. a community of people in the same phase of their career as you so that you can help each other yeah. out. I know for the longest time I was like comparing myself to like a bunch of family friends who are are very um very like wealthy. They're very, you know, taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like I'd love this house, you know, I'd love that. I love this, right? Um and then you realize that I'm I'm 22 and I'm comparing myself to someone who's, you know, 52. Mm-hmm. Right? And you realize that it's like they all started they were like in the same boat as we were when they are like their age, right? And they'll be the first Absolutely. one to tell you that too. Yeah, so it's like once you like kind of realize that, it's like you know you just gotta grind and invest, and you know at the end of the day, I think I think fate is very like that's what it is. Fate. Everyone has their their own path already. You just gotta keep working and go with the flow, and you know one door will lead to the next, which will lead to the next, which will lead to the next. And if you just keep working your butt off, you're gonna you're gonna get where you want to be. That's hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I think that's. I it. think I like ending on like good tidbits like that. Yeah, me like too. Just and on and you guys are great people. I, I really really fun to hang out with. Yeah, today. Just good people all around. Like you can just tell. Yeah, like just good, good people. people. Good that was a good chill this afternoon. That you, was a lot lads. of fun. Oh yeah, we're the best. We're the best. Yeah. <laughs> lads all around. Um, and I guess uh, on that note, we can wrap it up, and uh, we'll see, see you next next Tuesday.